Welcome to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. And please rate and review the show. A reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. Devastating news to pass along today. Um, we are now officially at number two in Canada for basketball <laughs> podcasts. Draymond has officially passed us, maybe temporarily, but if we're going to be realistic, we're going to have to pull out all the stops to get past Draymond again. So yeah, can you do? Can you start doing react pods to every playoff game? Um, just to like uh, juice the like, numbers. A isn't little that bit? what we're doing right now? Like we're covering the oh, whole yeah, league. I, I suppose it is that, but yeah, Dad, I yeah. know you're watching. Number two is still pretty good. Yeah. Uh, that's that's he's, never that's never worked. He's with like Asian number parents. two is the first loser. Um. Yeah, just lost a rock, paper, scissors match, too, before we came on air. So just want to congratulate you on that. I, I, a little fun me. game. I feel, I feel amazing. Just we, love, like, we love playing games on this program, I feel like. like is, that, yesterday, is that what we're doing today? I mean, yesterday we, we were playing games with, with James. I actually, you know, continued. You know, we drafted our all-time playoff series yesterday. Mm-hmm, it, was mm-hmm. a, it was a really fun exercise. And I continued the conversation with James this morning. Oh. And we were just chatting about it. And yeah, there were a few that that we were, you know, we didn't get to. What what didn't you get to? Was was there one for you that was on your list that you were like, man, I wish I got to talk about this one. I mean, you mentioned Kings Warriors. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna take Kings Warriors from this year. It was really good. It was memorable. I'm gonna remember that series for a long time. Yeah, a little recency bias. I mean, it was a good series. No, it was legitimately a good. It, it series. was really good series. But uh, you need to mar- let it marinate a little bit know, before you put it on at all time. So I was thinking back on it. Like, I actually really liked Raptors Bucks as well. I couldn't draft another one because I already had Raptors Warriors. That's for right the, for the championship. Yeah, yeah, that but was, a, that Bucks was a Ted was... Stepien rule that we put in. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Shouts to Ted Stepien and the Toronto Towers. That's right. I've been I'm reading that thing. All right. Um, so I just want to encourage you every day that I'm reading your yeah, your manuscript prehistoric. Yeah, appreciate you. Uh, but you know, I, I was uh, I, I was you would pick about Raptors it. Bucks over Raptors Sixers because I had Raptors no, Sixers. Raptors on Raptors Sixers went to Game Seven, but sure. it just wasn't that competitive a series within the flow of it. So the ah, reason I'm what about that, the game four though? You were in Philly for that game four. Okay, there's two there's two yeah. good games in that whole series. For sure. Me. Okay. Game one was a blowout. Yeah. Game two, the Sixers came back. And, and took it. Yep. Right. That was uh, that was, was Jimmy Butler, uh, the adult in the room, right? James yes, Butler. That's right. Yep. Um, How's Jimmy Butler in every way, franchise's that, lives? That was so funny because Brett Brown was like, "Yeah, he was James Butler tonight." And Jimmy yeah. Butler came to the podium. He's like, "Actually, my name is just Jimmy. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. not a nickname." It's not like how, you know... No, he was Marlo. W- he William said, my name is, is my name. It's not a thing. <laughs> it's not. It's my legitimately name just Jimmy. My name is my name. But game three was a blowout, right? That was Joel Embiid's airplane. Yeah, Pascal got Pascal hurt. Pascal got hurt. Pascal tripped him as well, which Stressful. was a, a low moment, to, to be honest. Stressful. Game four, Pascal was questionable. I think he ultimately played, but he was very limited. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that was the Kawhi Carey job. That was when I left my nails in the in, in the media room in That's right. Philadelphia. Game but, five yeah. was also a blowout. Game mm-hmm. six was a blowout. And then game seven was. The, so really, there's only like two very competitive games in that whole series. That's why I couldn't really take it, even though obviously it has the shot. But you got to give four game four and game seven like alone, I feel like elevates it into a pantheon, at least if you're thinking Raptors. I get it if you're thinking we were drafting all time. Right? Mm-hmm. So I get it. I yeah, get yeah. it. So you're no, saying, I actually you're like saying Raptors Bucks. Yes, Raptors Bucks. Because yeah. uh, obviously you go down 0-2, mm-hmm. right? You have Kawhi saying, you know, hey, look, you know, after losing the first two, where do you go from here? And Kawhi being like, mm. to Toronto for game three. <laughs> you know, like one of the classic Kawhi little like yeah. s- silly jokes. Obviously, game three was legendary. They went to- <laughs> oh, that was it's a Derek day today. Double overtime? double overtime. Kyle fouled out. Norm had to come up huge against the Bucks. Yeah. You know, and then uh, games four, five, six, 
like obviously Fred really, you know, came on strong. He was like shooting like 20% from three mm-hmm. prior to that. But obviously the baby came and obviously he started just shooting everything. Um, game, that was awesome. Game five was amazing. Game five was genuinely amazing. Being in the building for that, just mm-hmm. like even taunting Bucks fans. I honestly, I was Jimmy Butler in there. I was like, yo, it's awful quiet in here. A lot of people leaving. I honestly, if you look at my 2019 tweets, I, from Media Row, I'm just yeah. filming like Milwaukee Bucks fans leaving the building. Yeah, also, leaving Pfizer for them. Also, look up uh, hashtag AC fan flight. Yeah, you William know what? Lou. Go ahead and do that, man. Yeah. And, and you know what? Maybe AC don't. fan flight, let's, let's do it again. Let's run it back. What? Uh, um, and then. Game five after the Raptors won. Game yeah. six, yeah. obviously how great that was yeah. because Toronto can, can, was losing that before, game before severely. I let you, before I let you get to game six, yeah. can, can we just take a second on game five too? Because I know that's the one where I believe Fred hits six threes. Six or seven. Six you know, or seven. Who, who, who's, give, who's counting? Give or take, but yeah. I don't think we talk enough about that fourth quarter from Kawhi. Oh, like Kawhi yeah, took over. Like mm-hmm. he was Kavon Looney. He was Kawhi Leonard. He was Clay Thompson. Like he, he played every role. Yeah, he did everything. And, and, I, and, and he I was already think, banged up at that point. I don't think we talk about that one enough because he had the other moments, right? Absolutely. Because, you 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 know, um, he just he set the bar so high for himself. Yeah. But I just remember that that whole fourth quarter really turned around with him hitting a couple of pull-up threes over uh, Brooke Lopez. Mm-hmm. And they're able to win that game from behind. And then game, yeah. six, game six, the Raptors yeah, were down significantly and of course the 26 to 3 run which is like to my in my opinion obviously very biased but that's the best video on youtube uh, you know yeah. just if you're not in a good mood and you're a raptor fan um just just search up raptors 26 to 3 and then just watch the play not just in terms of the baskets made but the defensive sequences made by toronto to stop milwaukee and also going the other way and various guys getting their shots off kyle fred Serge, Mark, you know, Kawhi, obviously, Pascal. Like, it, it was just so, so good. And and for me, that's just, that's my second favorite one um, from that run. But, um, no, I mean, I'm sure you have some some deep classics, some deep cuts. Because, you know, we also cut it off, like, from 2002 onward. So I'm yeah. sure there's lots of those that we, we should have made a to. We should have made a 90s exemption. Because even now with the, with the Knicks playing the Heat now, I'm sure I've seen a lot of people, you know, pull up the old clips of the Knicks Heat rivalry. Mm. And, you know, I ran into, actually dropped off my copy of Blood in the Garden by Chris Herring. Everybody should get that book if you haven't. Mm -hmm. To uh, Vivek Jacob this morning. Right. Um, Thanks for the 1030 wake up call, V. Um, And... Come on, man. (laughs) And... What were you even doing last night, man? We uh, recorded Banter Pod until 730. We We recorded five hours of pods and then I listened to five hours of pods. So you know, listen to it back. So that was 10 yeah. hours. All right. But yeah, like Blood in the Garden, Next Heat. And it made me realize when I was talking to V too, V was like, yeah, I need to read this book because I don't remember any of this stuff. And and it does make me realize this was, you know, several generations, one generation ago. And like, you're not familiar with this too. Because like we missed out by drafting from 2001 and on. We missed mm. out on so many iconic like, oh, 90s series, of man. Of course. Like man. even the Bulls rivalries with the Pacers, with the Knicks. Mm. With the Heat, mm-hmm. when when Shaq and Penny beat uh, MJ when he came back with the four five shells yeah. to Hove, yeah. um, you know, in the second round, like we missed out on a lot of those. Why did he come back wearing the four five? Because twenty three was retired. Yeah, like so he just took the next. He was two not allowed. Numbers? Yeah, he was not allowed to wear. So he wore four five. Uh, that was his baseball number too, that he wore when he played baseball. Got but you. then uh, Nick Anderson called him out during the Magic Bull series because he stripped him on the final play of the game. Uh-huh. And then he said, yo, 23 wouldn't have done that. That wasn't 23. Ooh. That was 45. And you Ooh. know what MJ did? MJ what showed up in uh, in game three wearing 23. Like he paid. He like They had to pay a fine. Like he just said, I'm, I'm switching back to 23. So he came back in the, in, in the two three. 
doesn't wow. sound as nice as came back in the four five. That's, a, that's, that's also a in prehistoric story. when you get to it. Oh, um, okay, I got you. So why is it in there? Yeah, so nineties, nineties. Um, uh, yeah, cool. We couldn't really, you know. I actually had James send me a few of his leftovers as well. Okay, yeah. We go didn't ahead. pick anything from the bubble. Jazz Nuggets. Jazz Jamal nuggets Murray, Donovan Mitchell, three one like, comeback. What are you gonna? Did this, we just ignore the bubble? This is like picking Tiger King as as great <laughs> cinema, like or it's great television. Like it's, it wasn't. It we was when trapped. the whole world was shut down. No, we were just trapped. So like all the no man. I, I honestly I remember the bubble more for the off court moments. Yeah, you're rejecting Jazz Nuggets. Moments. Jazz Nuggets was great. I mean, I suppose you're saying no to that. That thing was like like 2 p.m. in the afternoon, and then I went outside <laughs> for a walk because that's all I could do in the pandemic. You know what? 2 p.m. ball did not hit during the pandemic. No, it, was it like, wasn't what? right, man. I was literally gonna wake up. I literally woke up, roll like walk from one room to the next room into my office. Yeah, hopped on a Zoom call um, with Nick Nurse, asked him about if Matt Thomas is gonna play minutes tonight. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and then watched the game, that. covered it, wrote 10 things, did a react pod. It's four. It's 4 p.m. at that point. I'm yeah. going outside for a bike ride for two hours. Yeah, maybe playing some basketball and then coming back yeah. home. Yeah, you sent me a lot of you know empty Young Dundas photos during that period. Yeah, I just wanted you to know what it looked like <laughs> in your neighborhood. <laughs> You're like, here's Young Dundas, completely empty. Those are some eerie photos, actually. It was actually freaky. I never seen that place so empty. But I mean, okay. like that. That's. That's what I remember from the bubble more than okay, I fine. remember the games. How about how about Clippers Mavs from 2021? So that's the Luka Doncic. That's pretty good. That's a pretty know. good one. Yeah, but I feel like would I put that all time though? I mean, Luka was doing some all time stuff in that series. Sure. So was Kawhi. No, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, Raptors Sixers he had from 2019. I don't I don't agree with that one just because that series was all blowouts. Yeah, and he also had Kings Warriors like you, so you're vindicated. Hey. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, the ones that I didn't get to, uh, 2012, uh, LeBron's Miami Heat against the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's a great one. That's a great That's one. That's when uh, Miami jumped out to a 2-0 lead. Boston won the next three. And this is the LeBron uh, stare-down meme that is circulated now when he dropped 45 points and 15 rebounds. Right. Game six at the other garden. Because the big three had come together, and obviously they were the biggest story in sports. Yeah. Um, but then, obviously, they lost in 2011. Mm-hmm. If they had lost that series and they were down, like, yeah, let's do a what if. Like, if they lose that series, you think they trade one of Bosch well, and Wade? They've already said it. They were going to trade Chris Bosch. Um, that would have really changed the way they were able to play. Um, and yeah, I mean, you just you just have to wonder like what the psychic toll is on that team, right? Because the whole world was kind of against them, and until they won, it was going to remain that way. Um, so what LeBron did in that moment, you can't really overstate the amount of pressure that was on him. Mm-hmm. Um, also, just some all time moments from that series, man. Just him. Um, the the four on one uh fast break where it was like Dwayne Wade picked I forget who at half court. Um, you know, it was Norris Cole was back there. Martin oh my Chalmers god, back I have not heard that name in a decade. Yeah, man. That's right. Norris Cole was back Cole there. Cole World. Yeah, it was a Cole World because he served up that lob and Jason Terry, his one moment in a Boston oh Celtics jersey was just him getting destroyed by LeBron. And of course LeBron stared him down because obviously Jason Terry was part of that Dallas Mavericks team. That's right. That just beat him. So that's a good pick, too. I like that. That was a good one. I also had the other one from LeBron, 2008 Celtics-Cavs round two when mm. uh, LeBron and Paul Pierce went back and forth. And, you know, that was obviously, like you mentioned, the formation. That was the formation of the Boston big three. Um, yep, yep, and yep. that's when they traded 40-point games in, in the game seven. I really enjoyed... Legit, Paul Pierce actually did go toe-to-toe at times with LeBron. You have to, to say g- that they're even remotely close no, as players. No, But there were certain parts of that rivalry where it was like, man, like Paul Pierce could actually trade shots with lebron which is yeah. kind of wild to think about yeah i mean and he like, was his big antagonist of course he overcame and eclipsed him mm-hmm. 
But still, you mean, I don't want to say give respect to Paul Pierce, but like, you know, he, he, he was giving him 40. Paul Pierce or Paul George career? Paul Pierce, easily. Yeah? yeah. Man. Isn't he the all-time uh, Celtics leading scorer? Yeah. You, but, know people, you know how many legendary players have been? You know what? He's got the championship, too. Yeah. Come on. Man. I don't know. I put PG in pretty high esteem, too. But, mm. I mean, he went up against LeBron. I mean, he lost, but yeah. when he was on the Pacers. We were talking too. Better man. media career too for Paul Pierce, by the way. Really do enjoy Paul Pierce. <laughs> Paul content. Pierce really needed to be freed from uh, ESPN, I believe. No, because every day he would be on ESPN, being like, "You know who's better, me or Dwayne Wade?" Yeah, I'm gonna take me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> every okay. day. On, on okay, there, man. the funny, I love, I love the funniest thing about those combos, too. <laughs> I loved them, man. Is that wasn't even on the rundown. Oh, of course, uh, yeah. of course not. Of course. Shout, not. Shouts to Jennifer Rolnick and uh, Super Dave printing me uh, my rundowns. Are you gonna read any topics on I've the rundown? Decided or? to go. This this was part oh, of the this topics, part of the rundown? man. All right, all right. Yeah, I thought you were gonna talk uh, Paul Pierce's old team, we're here the Boston ma- Celtics. We're here to make it happen. Oh uh-huh. yeah, we really gonna lead with that? All right, so that's what I see on the rundown. The Philadelphia 76ers Boston Celtics game two, one twenty seven eighty one. Boston responding with a game two win. I was watching this game last night. You know, the only game on the schedule. Adam yeah. Silver, you're back in the bad books, man. Uh, well, where's Denver and Phoenix? Are they in Cabo right now? <laughs> like, what happened? How did he just press pause on that series until Friday? Well, they played two games so quickly. And then so? and they're not playing again tonight either. And then Lakers-Warriors are somehow just every other day for the all the way through. Yeah, You know LeBron's not very happy about that. Okay. Anyways, I was watching the game yesterday, and I was like, you know, if I wanted to see an Atlantic Division team get blown out in Boston, I'd just revisit Raptors highlights uh, from this season. Come Oops, on. sorry. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Any any takeaways from this? I mean, the main storyline was Joel Embiid coming back. Yep. Um, I thought he looked pretty good considering they were talking about that he should have been out four to six weeks. Mm-hmm. There was a contest at the basket when Jalen Brown was trying to finish oh, a dunk on him. Him, yeah. 15 points and five blocks. It's really hard to look at the box score in this game because the game was done after like two and a half quarters. Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. This, the Celtics really turned it on in the third quarter. Um, mm-hmm. What was the third quarter? They had, they were outscored them like 35 to 16. God damn. Um, like yes. when I saw Justin Champagne, I was like, okay. Yeah. No, I was hoping for Justin Champagne. I did not. Uh, they, I didn't know they were going to be popping Champagne for five minutes at the end there. By the way, shows him wearing ninety nine, man. That's sick. Yeah, wearing ninety nine in basketball. That's that, Will Lou behavior. That might be a first. <laughs> that is something I would actually do. We to actually be need to look into that. Um, but, but yeah, any like any takeaways from this? Like, I think we were expecting a Celtics response. No, of course. Um, I, I was. Uh, I mean, look, I, I'm just waiting. I was waiting for the Celtics to actually join the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like every every team that has really made it through the second round has had some really good moments. Mm-hmm. Just really like, hang their hats on. Um, the Celtics feel like they're just here because, you know, up <laughs> until this point. And then finally yeah. they showed up. They played the way that the Celtics play, which is obviously barraging you from three-point land. Mm. Um, I know Mike Mazzula has been, like, just yelling at Joe this Mazzula. team. Oh, Joe Mazzula. <laughs> yeah, this guy said, Mike, what if Mike Muscala and Joe Mazzula had a baby? Oh, God damn. It'd yeah, be Joe, Mike Mazzula. Joe has been on his team. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, you're going to yell that during the five-minute break. <laughs> that's fine. Um, he's, he's been yelling up. at the team for, like, you got to hit, you, you got to shoot 53s, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You have to shoot 53s. And finally the mm-hmm. team goes out there, does that, makes 20 of them because that's what the Celtics do. They're a really, really good shooting team. Mm. And even though Tatum went, like, what, one for seven? and Yeah, seven points, one for seven. Again, This I, guy literally hit the jackpot, man. He had seven <laughs> points, one of seven from the field, seven rebounds. Like, you know, like, it, it was... <laughs> he hit the... This is the Casino Niagara line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he really had that, man. But oh, the whole team, has, like, everyone can just really come in and contribute. Obviously, Malcolm sure. Brogdon was actually Jalen Brown rebounded, too. He had a tough game one. Team mm-hmm. high 25. 
points yesterday. So I, I just think that, okay, now we have a, a much clearer picture of sort of like, okay, mm -hmm. this is the level that the Celtics can reach. Sure. I, I do think that the Sixers could have put up a much better fight than they did, than they ultimately did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm still picking Boston as a championship pick, but mm -hmm. to, I don't know. to me, I'm just like, look, I, this is, this should be one of those series that should go seven though. I, I really do think that, I think um, so. especially if Embiid's now back and available to play, mm -hmm. Um, assuming he remains that way and remains healthy, like this, this should be a very competitive series. And as of right now, through essentially two games of every single round, except for uh, you know uh, Lakers Warriors, like I'm, I'm actually not sure who the championship picks are at this given moment. Usually, you have a lot more clarity. But there's only eight teams left. You should know who the championship favorites are. But sure. to me, I'm still not clear. So I want to check in with why, you. Why don't we? Why don't we do this exercise? Why don't we go through the eight teams right now? Yeah. Okay. And let's hear your. Um, I'm giving you work. Um, let's hear your biggest concern for each team then. I love when I ask you questions and you flip it on me, man. <laughs> Best job in the city, baby. Oh, um, no, yeah. but because I think what you're trying to say too is like there are flaws with every team, right? For like sure, even for sure. If so let's. There's no clear cut like favor yeah. right now. Yeah. Why don't we do this? We, let's 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 for each team go through the flaw, like the one flaw, right? Mm -hmm. That 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 is worrisome. And then I also want to talk about like um, like swing players for each team. Like, listen, man, okay. for every team, yeah. we know LeBron, we know Anthony Davis, we know Jason Tatum, mm. we know these guys, right? But I also want to chat about like which is the one player, kind of on that next tier, yeah. world player type that you think could really swing it for them, right? For sure, because it does feel like like you mentioned that the the championship is up for grabs. Mm. So let's start with this series then. So Sixers, what is your biggest concern with the Sixers? I, I think it's still James Harden because I think the Sixers uh, yeah. and, and two of fourteen yesterday. Absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, like Twelve points. Joe Mazzulla was talking about it too. He's like, look, you have to prepare for the Embiid led minutes and then the James Harden led minutes, mm -hmm. right? And we saw clearly in Game One. This, the pace and the, and the flow they're able to play with when James is really leading the charge is, is a very different style than when Joel Embiid's playing it, right? But however, we also know that Harden's performances in the playoffs has just been really inconsistent. Mm -hmm. I honestly didn't even dislike his approach or the shots that he took in, in game two. He had a lot of threes just like really rim out. Mm -hmm. um, but ultimately, like, yeah, you just need better production than two of 14. And I do think that like, you know, I, I was really surprised with the way he was able to score uh, in both the mid-range and getting to the basket in game one. He has, he came off of a lot of time to rest, and so I thought he was really fresh and he had a lot of burst. But what we have seen in the last couple of playoff runs is, is James Harden hasn't been able to consistently score outside of those step-back threes. Mm -hmm. And when he's asked to score and create one-on-one, -on -one, you know, it hasn't really looked that good. So um, I, th I think he needs that energy to play fast. He needs that energy to really score as well. He's the biggest swing piece, uh, and he shouldn't be because he sh he should be just like a consistent star that you can count on alongside of Joel. If he could be that, I think the Sixers would be championship favorites. But I don't I don't believe in that, despite what I saw in Game One. Yeah, I mean, I guess the most obvious thing too is just Joel Embiid's health, too, right? Like, I mean, yeah, listen, no. there's a lot of caveats, but it's like I'm still waiting for him to have that signature series, signature moment, right? Mm. And then once again, he's you know dealing with an injury and and playing through that. Um, so I don't know if he's going to have that in, in this series. Any concerns too? I know there's some some concerns out of Philly with the Sixers fans watching that, you know, PJ Tucker, like, I think it's like a running joke during the season. Like he'd have these like 35 minute games with like zero field goal attempts. Right. Yeah. But now it's like becoming a problem because they do need like, you know, as okay, much shooting as they can. The problem is, is yeah. if you need PJ Tucker to score. Okay. No, so, that's fair. So that's, that's not, fair. that's not the problem. Yeah. Like the, the, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't need that from. No, him. no, I, I get it. Um, okay. I mean, how many points did he average when the Bucks won the title? You know what I mean? Like, no, that's fair. 
That's fair. Like if he hits you, if he gives you two corner threes, it doesn't really change your life. Mm-hmm. Most mostly, you need him to defend yeah. uh, and and really shut down an opposing star. Yeah. And I feel like to me, I, it's questionable on that end. Like yeah. it really is questionable on that end. I think partially because the Celtics don't as they don't always need to rely on playing one on one. I think uh, PJ Tucker's really good on that one on one defense, mm-hmm. but. When we're talking about like guarding the Celtics, you really have to be locked in on rotations, contain the dribble penetration, contain them in transition. There's a lot of like team defense that you need to put into play. So it's not as much like PJ is just playing one on one and really slowing down like Jalen Brown or, or, or Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. um, which I think he's still capable of disrupting people one on one. I have no doubts about that. But yeah, the Celtics are very much like drive, kick, and then eventually catch a shoot from the corner three. That's not a that's not a play that you just like consistently shut down unless you're never helping off that guy. Yeah, you know, the other thing I was thinking about as we talk about these teams, too, is, like, of these star players that we talk about, mm-hmm. it's interesting to think about, like, who has the most to, like, gain or lose coming out of these playoffs. Because, like, you think about Joel Embiid, it's like he's finally won his MVP, which I'm really happy for him because, like, he's the guy who wanted it the most. I love how, he, I love how <laughs> you saw he gave a quote to the media yesterday. He's like, you know, I told you guys that I don't care about the MVP. That was just so you guys would stop asking me about it. No, I was like, I was like no. oh, really? This is worse than Spo being like, there's be- beauty in the struggle. I'm like, really, Joel? Oh, I didn't know. Sorry. I, th- I thought you genuinely didn't care about the MVP. Oh, man. Oh, man. But now it's like the, the only thing left on his resume, but it's a big thing, is not, not just to win the championship, but to get out of the second round. Like, he hasn't been out of the second round, right? Mm. Like, like the playoff mm. resume is lacking. And I wonder, too, it's like, Joel's get he's not old, but, like, he's getting up there in age. Like, he's almost 30, I want to say. Like, I think he's 28. He's, he's 20, 20, yeah, yeah, something like that. But it's like, you know, they've been trying to build around him through these different iterations. You know, the Jimmy 29. Butlers, the Ben Simmonses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all this talk about Harden, keep, uh, Harden, you know, he keeps threatening to go to Houston. <laughs> <laughs> Which is my funniest thing. That's a toxic relationship. If man. this series goes to seven, turn on your Woj alert on that Sunday afternoon. Because <laughs> there's going to be a report right before the game. Harden's going to walk in like dressed like a plushie. And then he's just going to be like, yeah, I'm going. By, by the way, by NBA player standards, he was in a very normal fit yesterday compared to game one. And, and someone said if Harden shows up in a normal fit, you know it's going to be a two of 14 <laughs> Come <game."> on, man. <laughs> This is why we love the online banter. Because Marcus Gasol used to come to the game in just sweats and drop a PG Tucker stat line all the time. Yo, Marcus Gasol will wear the same thing to Game 7 of the Finals, to How Hungry Are You? To the Championship Parade <laughs> to bus. To the Championship Parade. We, yo, we stand, we stand a consistent big man. No, man. Mar- um, <laughs> Marcus Gasol shopping in just Zara. <laughs> he, he's shopping double XL in Zara. That's Surge it. making Marco to whole red fruit. It was so funny, man. Mark was like, why would I have to pay this much for a t-shirt? <laughs> Mark's like, I don't want anything, man. The gap is next door. Um, anyways, mm. I was saying, like, the clock is ticking, and you do wonder with these superstars, at what point do they, like, run out of patience, right? Like, say if Harden leaves oh, yeah, yeah. this summer, and you look at that Sixers... Oh, you know teams are lining up to, to already to poach Joel right. if he ever becomes available. Yeah. Most notably, Jimmy Butler and, oh, and man. Miami Heat. Oh, yeah. man. Him on Miami? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I'm just saying. You look at that rest of the rest of the roster. If they lose Harden for nothing, yep. Like after Tyrese Maxey, like what are you really excited about? Um, I mean, yesterday, you know, B-ball Paul has really shown me a couple of things. In he the has playoffs. shown, but that's B-ball Paul. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. I was wondering if if uh, Mac. Mac- 
I was wondering if Mac McClung was on the roster yesterday because I was like, can he come in in the fourth? That's a very creative do- use of the Tobias Harris over <laughs> <I know>. B. <laughs> he just he remixed it in real time. Man. Salute, to, uh, respect, Derek. That's our Swiss beats right there, man. Uh, um, on to the next. But I think that's the question too, right? Coming out of these playoffs, and I think for Harden too. I'm thinking about Harden. Harden to me is like the anti Jimmy Butler. Mm. Like he's known as the most disappointing playoff star. Of this generation. Yeah, right? I think so. That's fair. And I think game one and game two of this series shows the two extremes too, right? Like you get that, yep. ex- you know, get that incredible game one. And Michael Pina, a friend of the program, had a good point. He's like, oh, James looks better on uh, on seven days rest than one day rest. Because uh, he did have seven days. Yeah, I mean, most people do though. I think. Yeah, but especially for someone like Harden who you feel like has lost a step, right? No, Anyways, that's fair. That's fair. If they somehow win the championship... I think we look at Harden's career differently, too. Oh, absolutely. You look at Houston, and you're like, hey, they ran into a generational Warriors team. You know, they took the Warriors to seven games. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Um, He was injured on the Nets, and credit to him for leaving a toxic work environment earlier than anyone. (laughs) He did leave a year early. Do you remember when when Harden also had to come back early from injury, and then Steve Nash played him like 42 minutes. No, probably like 48 minutes. Yeah, that was was workplace malpractice. And he was like one of 16 from the field or something. He couldn't even run. He was limping. Yeah. The whole time. He was putting up. What happened to matchup hunting, by the way? You know, that's what I was thinking about (laughs) in that when Jimmy Butler got injured in game one, but he stayed in the game. It's like, are we we not going to bring him into the screen and run him in the pick and roll or something? Yeah, because if James Harden is dealing with that groin, you know what I'm doing? I'm jab stepping towards that groin every time. I'm just facing him up. No, you're right, man. You're right. He was like, let's just test if he can go back. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Anyways, yeah. I think that's what they have uh, to lose. Let's go to the Celtics. What's your biggest concern with the Celtics? Just um, their seriousness, their killer instinct? Um, my concern with the Celtics is just how focused are they on defense? Because mm. um, I think over the course of the series, if they're going to launch threes like this and, and they have really good shooters, like they're going to have nights where they make or miss and you're not going to necessarily win. Uh, off yeah, the make or alone. miss. Yeah. But defensively, I need that intensity return. Like last mm-hmm. year, the Celtics were able to turn this thing around and really launch themselves into this like title contention uh, window by playing elite defense. And I just don't feel that same urgency for the Celtics. I always feel like when I'm watching the Celtics, they feel like they're confident that they can just outscore you and outgun you. Mm. And that's just not going to work consistently in the playoffs. Like, I I know this team has a higher gear to access in the playoffs, so I want to see that happen. I mean, we kind of saw yesterday, but not really. Like, like they also just kind of blew them out of the water yesterday. And eventually you're just like, all right, we got our one win. Let's just, let's roll out of here. That's that's the feeling you got from the Sixers, but... I want to see them defend at a very high level consistently before I want to crown them championships or champion uh, titles. Yeah, I do think like, and you've mentioned this, like a lot of the national media is from Boston. There's like half. There's just a a bit too much hype about this team when they haven't done it. I know I was really impressed with them last season. It goes both ways though. Because they, they also get slandered a lot. Do you see what Joe Mazzulla was saying at the post game? He was he like a little mic drop. Right? He was like, "Oh no, none of y'all asked me about the adjustments from game one to game two. Okay, and then <laughs> yo, he walked off the stage. Yo, I love when coaches get involved in this type of trash talk. I'm like, again, like, listen, the media is just gonna kill you when you lose, and you're gonna, they're gonna praise you when you win. Like, you can't. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't it. win. You you can't win against the media. No, you're literally arguing with the win, man. Like, it is what it is. Yeah, I, I think for for Tatum too. You know, obviously, if if they win a championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know what that vaults him into in terms of, like, how you look at him, right? Because, like... Yeah. Like, suddenly he makes a huge jump. I suppose. I, I suppose. But I also want to see him perform at that, like, top five level consistently sure. on a high stage. No, that's Because, like, you know what I mean? Like, you, you earn you earn that respect like, of a guy like Kawhi, where we've seen him do it, right, in 2019. And so, from that point onwards, I'm always going to have that respect for him. Or, like, I've seen Steph do it, like, consistently, mm-hmm. obviously, but also especially the last year. You, you earn that respect for him, and... 
you know, you're seeing KD do it on the big stage. So it's like, okay, we're on that respect. Like, I think I just, I'm waiting for Jason Tatum to like have that takeover moment. I mean, he arguably had it last year. Like, he went into game six against Milwaukee and the Sixers were, and then this, um, the Celtics were down and he had an amazing game. Yeah. And I just kept telling you, he's still not him. I was a big hater last year. No, that's fair. Towards I think Tatum. we're also at Super Fresh. We were happened. definitely at Super Fresh. I didn't want to mention that. Yeah, but we were. On air. We were. We were at Super Fresh for the entire playoffs. Who's your biggest swing player on that team? Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Derek White. Um, I don't even know, to be honest. The yeah. whole team is kind of like high variance just based on how much how, how many threes yeah. they shoot. It's kind of like the whole team. They really swing. They swing together. Yeah, it, this is just like... This is like the league now. Yeah, like you, I'm really excited if you're about shooting 53s. If you have a cold night, you're gonna lose, and if you have a hot night, you're guaranteed to win. Basically. Look at Grant Williams in Game Seven last year against the Bucks. Right, right. Yeah, God. I just love this swing player question because I can't wait to get to Phoenix because they have no swing players. That's my least favorite part of the Celtics, man. Having to root for Grant Williams. Yo, he's slow. Yeah, he had a disappointing year this year too. But anyways, yeah, I think people just found him to be super annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but he is very useful in these playoff series when he has like I thought he did great in guarding sure. Joel last night, for example. Sure. Yeah. Uh, let's finish the East and then we can take a break. Right. Um, Miami Heat, what is your biggest concern? Jimmy Butler's ankle? That's it? Sure. I mean, uh, not th- that's it, but like that, that is yeah. my biggest concern. My concern is like, like, like they had such a terrible offense during the regular season. Mm-hmm. Like, is this going to sustain, right? Like they've played so well in these playoffs. Like the numbers they put up against Milwaukee. Yeah. Even in game two without Jimmy, like mm-hmm. they... I really don't get how they keep finding ways no, to Gabe Vincent man. stepping up. Gabe Vincent is having like a Fred Van Vliet style of like... Yeah. push and run and like you know his 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 secondary scoring is really propelling this team that doesn't necessarily have that much mm-hmm. scoring onto itself um and yeah i mean I, I just think that their system is really good they're able to um really spread the wealth around um and it's impressive that they've been able to replace like so many key scores for them you know like the Tyler Hero also got injured too. Oh like, yeah, we just like completely glossed over that. He was like their that. second best offensive player behind yeah. Jimmy throughout the course of the regular season, and and he's just gone. Yeah, what does that say about Tyler Hero that they're able to just soldier on? Sure, right. um, or like I think Victor Oladipo went down. They just pull random yeah, guys right. out. It doesn't really matter. Like I think honestly, like, yeah, <laughs> can, can Spo can Spo lift Finals MVP? Like, <laughs> like I need to see <laughs> Spo lift that that, that Bill we, Russell trophy. Is man. this the Chris Mannix poll from back in the day? If you could build a franchise, would you start with Giannis or Brad Stevens? <laughs> I mean. You would have Speaking to go... of Boston media bias, uh, there's my number one example. Like, you know, you know, even after Nick won the championship, which Brad Stevens sure did not do, I'm sure I would have done a Steph Curry or a Nick Nurse. Pool. We, we we never did that though. We never did that, and and Nick actually won a title. So, <laughs> no, that's yeah. fair. Um, I think Jimmy too. When you think about like, oh, you know, legacy of these guys, I actually think his legacy is pretty set. <laughs> like, I would love for him to add the championship, but like. Mm. he's just such a respected player. We know what he's been able to do on the big stage. Yeah. That I don't think like win or lose, you know, in these playoffs, it's really going to impact. It would be nice for him to get a championship. I think it cements it. Yeah. And course. I was actually running through this whole rundown with Vivek Jacob this morning. And um, he says that if How Jimmy... Many, yo, is there any part of your life that's not focused on the show? Like, no, I love hoops, man. man. And I love okay. this show. All right. Um, he says that if, if Jimmy wins a title, mm. then we have to talk about him in the same breath, almost as like a Kawhi. I mean, I, I don't disagree with that. I, I, no, no. Like, yeah. that took me back, but I thought about it, and I'm like, okay. You know, Kawhi's got the multiple championships, but yeah. Jimmy plays the same role, uh, like, arguably even bigger on these some of these teams, right? Like, the, I mean, Kawhi was also, let's we can also be honest, Kawhi was also very blessed to be on great teams consistently throughout his career. Yes. This guy was in San Antonio with that team. Mm-hmm. Then he was in Toronto for the one year where Toronto had such a good supporting cast around him. Yeah. And then he went to the Clippers, and say what you want about the Clippers, but they consistently put talent on that team. Sure. 
So, I mean, I don't yeah. think Jimmy's played with ever as with as many talented players as as, as Kawhi has. Yeah. I still think Kawhi's better, no doubt. I thought, you know, no, I get the seven-game series against uh, uh, Philadelphia kind of proved But you're saying the situation, yeah, I get it. The situations yeah. are very different. Um, yeah, the big up what if for me will always be like, man, I just wish Jimmy and, and Joel just stayed together. Like I don't. Just, <laughs> I, I don't, man. I, I would have hated playing that team. I man. know, but can we just remove the Raptors fandom for a second or no? Uh, no. Okay, okay. Ever. It's That's a Raptor fair. Show. Oh, yeah, right. Raptor show. Love yep. this show. Um, Knicks, what's your biggest concern about the, the New York Knicks? Um, Facial recognition. They're, no. They're, uh, <laughs> no, they're just relying on, on Julius Randle, man. Oh, yeah. Okay. Like, I, I actually, I like the supporting, like, mm-hmm. talent, the cast. I think, you know, Tom Thibodeau has done a really good job of, like, building out the system and, Guys really know their roles and they come in and have great impacts. Like, you know, shout out to role players in this in the playoffs. Like mm. Josh Hart has been amazing in his role. Yep. Um, Isaiah Hartenstein has been amazing in his role. Yep. You know, Mitchell Robinson has been up and down, but when he's good, he's really, really good in that role as well, especially mm. against uh, Cleveland. What happened to my guy, Emmanuel, quickly? He hasn't he really shown up man. in the playoffs. Man, it's just tough. I feel like just one thing for young players, like you just never really know. He's like a Bones Highland now. So, you know, he hasn't really been able to step up in that same way, but mm-hmm. other guys have been able to chip in and contribute. RJ Barrett's also really stepped his game up. Sure. Um, so, you know, I really respect him as well. Um, but yeah, I still feel like ultimately when Randall's out there, it just looks a little awkward. Like, I, I like they need him. <laughs> He's an awkward player. They need him to play well, but he kind of really does cut off the flow and the rhythm. Like, yeah. the music kind of stops when he, when he has the ball. <laughs> it really does. And then he goes on a solo. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sometimes he, he, he has the right notes, team, sometimes he doesn't, you know? He wouldn't be a team player in karaoke, you know? No, no, like, no, absolutely. He, he, like, he's the kind of guy who would put on, like, Beethoven at karaoke. And everyone's sure like, what are, not, supposed, what are we supposed to do with this? sure that's not Lee Van Osman? No. no, that's different, man. Shout out to the Yellow Submarine. Oh, I'm man. dressed like the Yellow Submarine today, <laughs> I man. don't um, I don't really have a star player that has most to gain or lose for the Knicks because, like... I don't, you want to talk about Julius Randle's legacy? I just oh. think that, like, this is probably as far as the Knicks go, though. Like, no, okay. no offense to the Knicks, but, like, I, I can't see Jalen Brunson carrying them all the way to the conference finals. I think they can win this series. I think they Only because Jimmy's, like, banged up. If Jimmy was healthy, I, I think that he'd absolutely fair. take this. I think if they get one in Miami, it's 2-2. The Garden. I mean, that's a, that's a home court. But here's the thing. The Garden is, is real, but for a team like the Heat, <sighs> nah, I've never seen them afraid or shook at any moment. I just... I just don't. I just don't want to see Miami go any further, man. Like this, he. But you, you're gonna. You know we. <laughs> what you are gonna. You know man. we. We rolled in here at the start of the playoffs. You're not. Gonna, we were doing first round predictions, and like we said, Bucks. We said Bucks in four before yeah, the we Heat. Were wrong. We were wrong. Before the Heat even won their playing game against the Bulls, we're like, it doesn't matter who Milwaukee plays. Yeah. Miami is a terrible team this year. Yeah. But now we're seeing yeah. the beauty in the struggle. Like. Yeah, you're right. You seeing, know what? Spo was wild for that one. I'm, <laughs> I'm so mad at that one, man. Yeah. Um, but it's Asian Heritage Month. We can't, we can't say anything about So um, did we resolve who we like to come out of the East? <laughs> uh, I still think it's going to be Boston. Boston is clearly to me the most okay. talented team out of the four. Um, it's so hard, man. But if it's Celtics heat again, I actually think that series is going to be long as well, man. Of course. That's yeah. the thing. Any, I think any of these teams match up. It's a six or seven game series right now. That's how it should be, though. I picked the Sixers to, to make the finals. Well, so here's I the thing. It's, it's, it's way it. more unclear in the Western Conference, but we'll get to that on the other side of this break. Um, do you, have to, do, you have to, do you have to do the read here or no? Uh, after the break. After the break? Okay, yeah. all right. We're going to take that uh, break. I've been your host, Willu. That's Alex Wong. You're listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. When we come back, we will talk about the Western Conference playoff picture. Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers' sportsbook award-winning customer service. 
It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers Online Casino and Sportsbook. Must be 19 plus. Available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wim Liu, uh, and I'm joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong for the second segment. We're going to talk about Western Conference playoff picture, but first, Alex has an ad read for you. Big shout out to Pizza Nova for hooking us up today with lunch. That's Amore Pizza for Kids is back at Pizza Nova. 50 cents from every dip purchase in May goes to the kids at Variety Ontario. Don't forget to add a dip to your next order and make a difference. I dip, you dip, we all dip for variety. Nice. Shouts nice. to Pizza Nova. How was the pizza, by the way? Yeah. Oh, the pizza lunch. was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I had two slices. I might have two more after. You know, right, you know two slices left. You know, every time I come in the studio, you know, they go uh, quickly, I'm man. like Denzel Washington. There's I'm none a, left. I'm going to leave here with something. Oh, Derek, Derek. Brandale just told me there's none left. <laughs> I'm going to leave here with nothing. Yeah. Shouts well, to Pizza uh, Nova. At least I really you got the two. It. So, no, yeah. that's good, man. I got to go to, you know. Uh, never mind. Uh, fair <laughs> so enough. Shout out other play. Uh, what's up? You you got a programming? Now. I have a pro- program with that as well. Okay, mm. so as as mentioned on the show yesterday, so our run on YouTube for this season will be finished uh, on Friday. So RIP the chat. Unfortunately, mm. we're gonna have to trade Fred somewhere else. Um, yeah. But yeah, we will continue to be live on air on Fan Five Ninety, airing on Sportsnet Three Hundred and Sixty, and streaming on Sportsnet Now. So you can watch us there or listen to us there. And of course, the best place to catch us is uh, wherever you download your podcasts. Um, yeah, and, get the uh, get the May Banter Paul with Andy Lou. That Yo, we recorded yesterday. That's Pod is podcast exclusive. And yeah. We were here at the studio here until 7.30 yesterday mm-hmm. making that happen. Shouts to the Geek Squad and, and then Derek for helping absolutely. us. Absolutely. Seriously. We have a, we run into a lot of tech issues. Yeah. Definitely need a producer. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was it was a great interview. Um so what happens when JR takes a week off. What too, do we talk know? about? We obviously Banterpod is like 20% Raptors, maybe. Yeah. Today it was actually fairly on on the two to three, you know, we yeah. we we put on a you know great public front uh, on on and then on the banter pot we talk about our deteriorating mental health. We get real on that one. <laughs> we talk about uh, our therapy and all things. That's right. You rap uh, in Eminem's voice. Yes, I rapped in Eminem's voice. We'll do anything to jump Draymond Green's show on the chart. We might have to literally jump Draymond. <laughs> We're not jumping Draymond, man. Yeah. Oh man, three stars on this show um, is Jimmy. Draymond and Dylan Brooks. Those Absolutely. are the three recurring Absolutely. topics. You see Dylan Brooks' uh, agent came out? And he, yes, he, like, he, he called Shams, quote, a weirdo. He said um, he called him a hashtag weirdo. Yeah. A hashtag weirdo is, is hard. This man. is because Shams, in Shams' report, the languaging was that the Grizzlies weren't going to bring him back, quote, under any circumstances, right. and that's what upset the agent. Well, apparently the agent checked in with the team, and the team said, we didn't say that to him. Mm. And obviously the agent side was not going to put that out to Shams to say, hey, you know, this is what happened because it makes Dylan looks bad. Right. So if it's not the team doing it and if it's not the agent side doing it, who fed that report to him? Yeah. Once again, I'm not that interested in the media. Me neither, but it, it, I think he things. does have a point, man. I think he does No, have for a point. sure. For sure. It does get messy when you start, you know, relying on reporters. I'm just saying, things. you don't see Woj coming out there and slandering players. Like, you, So you're saying hashtag Woj better? Uh, absolutely not, man. Okay. <laughs> what? No, man. No, oh, come okay. on, man. Shout out to shout out to Shams, man. Well, listen, member of the Memphis Grizzlies. What? Uh, so we have been going through the playoff teams, trying to figure out our biggest concerns for them, mm. trying to figure out what this playoffs means for the star players, and you know, I, I think we should move on now in the West. Let's talk about 
let's talk about Denver and Phoenix. Yeah. And then let's save Lakers Warriors for tomorrow since we're going to come in okay. and actually yeah. talk about game two. Sure. So we can continue that conversation about what this means for like Steph or LeBron or concerns for the team. Let's let's get one more look at them. You're right. Game two. We need to have more space reserved for Steph and LeBron's legacy talk. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. not a topic that people hear you know about what? all the if, time. If you need, you know, flip over to literally any podcast, but don't do that until three. Mm. Um, so like we mentioned, Nuggets and Suns uh, have two weeks off until they play game three. Yep. And right now it's a 2-0 series. Uh, I mean... Denver came into the playoffs, you know, stumbling, I guess, like a 500 team in the last month, but they had already clinched everything. You know, there were some concerns about their defense. They had lost games to teams like a Houston. Uh, I think they've been the most impressive team out of, um, you know, all 16 teams in these playoffs so far. I mean, that's fair. Um, I, I mean, look, in this case, I, for a lot of people who maybe didn't see the Nuggets that closely or didn't catch them that often, like, mm-hmm. I think you got a true appreciation of how hard it is to like contain them as a group, right? Because I think that's a team that similar to what Miami has done uh, or even what um, New York has done in terms of defining roles for guys, like they've really done that and they also have MVP level talent Mm -hmm. and they have a supporting cast as well. So it's just been a joy to watch them operate. Um, Obviously, they did drop that one game to Minnesota, whatever. Even in that one game, that comeback in those last two minutes. Like, I know it was against the big meow and the wolves, but it's like, it's that was impressive to me too. No, absolutely. If Jokic just made both free throws, that that series is just straight up over Mm -hmm, in that mm -hmm. that moment. Um, But I think obviously all of it's centered around Jokic, but obviously you have the Jamal Murray aspect of it in terms of their synergy in the two-man game. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful to watch no, I love play that. pick and roll at the end of games like you know, obviously throughout the course of games but especially when it gets really important jamal has all these ways to be able to feed Jokic. Jokic yeah. has all these ways to be able to they just get know jamal where each open. other's gonna be in these different spots and it feels yeah. like they're running like multiple actions usually like, and you to can't find each other. really switch it like obviously when the raptors played them we were able to you know put uh i think og on Jokic and scotty on jamal right and you could switch those pick and rolls so you can at least limit some of those um you know mismatches Mm -hmm. i think obviously Jokic can still punish you Mm one-on-one um but ultimately most teams don't have that kind of personnel to do that you're typically using a guard to guard jamal and your center and your biggest body to try to guard Jokic, and so you can't switch that action there's always gonna be those gaps they play a beautiful pick and roll game Mm -hmm. um i also think that like michael porter jr has been just it's been really enjoyable to watch him just catch and shoot and this guy obviously he's really tall but he's able to really rise up get himself clearance and he is just he just has like this really beautiful jump shot and like Mm -hmm. it just consistently goes in uh, at a very very high clip you know he can also do a couple other things offensively as well sometimes he can get his own but mostly him catching and shooting is is just so deadly in terms of players who are still currently in the playoffs and then on top of the fact that you have aaron gordon who is just excellent at just you know doing little duck-ins it's always his man that comes over to help double on Jokic or double on Jamal Murray. Yeah. So Aaron Gordon's left open a little bit. Sometimes he can get his own offense as well, but most likely what you typically see is Jokic finding him for that, like, lob. The, yeah. those lob passes. He's so good at it. I, I, I'm genuinely curious who is, like, combined for more alley-oops than Jokic to Aaron Gordon. They have to be leading the league this season because he always finds them there. Aaron Gordon's also played really good defense, by the way. And then I think they just have, like, assorted good role players, right? Like, KCP, Bruce mm-hmm. Brown, you know, Christian Brown, like these guys come in and they all have a little bit of guard skill. They can catch and shoot for three if they need to. They can handle a little bit if they need to. They can even get into the mid-range if they need to, but they they play hard, they hustle, they know how to cut. And it's just like every single guy is in a really, really well-defined role around the fact that Jokic obviously is just a transcendent talent. Yep. And I feel like 
him going into the playoffs, he's actually not elevated his play to a next level, but his play has been so consistent that it's allowed other teams or other players around them to really be comfortable in their roles. Because I think sometimes you get really uncomfortable. You go to the playoffs, your number one guy isn't a number one guy anymore. He's not having that number one level of impact. Now what do you do? Suddenly you're scrambling for everything. And Jokic gives you that ultimate insurance that he's consistently going to be able to play at a high level. So I, I just I love watching the Nuggets, man. They're, they're, they play team basketball. They play really well. Defensively, I don't think they have that high of a gear. But offensively, I just think that they carve your part consistently in every possession. And, and most possessions coming down look very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think I think it's such a contrast in this series too. When you when you talk about the the team play of, of Denver and the continuity, and and you know the you know how Jamal and and Nikola Jokic know you know each other's game so well. You know, contrast to to Phoenix, which you know is not a basketball team. It's just two dudes and then a bunch of other guys filling in spots. It, it does feel a little bit like a pickup run. I'm not gonna lie. It's to not you. a basketball yeah. team. And but like, I mean, they're 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 awesome to watch. Are they? You don't think Devin Booker is awesome to watch? Devin I Booker is awesome Devin to watch, Booker. but that whole team is not awesome to watch to me. No. Yeah, they don't they no. don't play like team basketball. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think <laughs> it's an ultimate contrast in style. No, in this, I in think sticking with Denver too, like very different players between the the big three in Golden State that's won all these championships, mm. and then you talk about Jamal, Nikola Jokic, and even even Michael Porter Jr. But it's like Michael Porter Jr. reminds me of like you know Clay Thompson the way he's able to shoot, especially when you know a little bit. Yeah. yeah, and then the the chemistry it's like the Steph Draymond chemistry. I feel like Jamal and Jokic are kind of working their way there too. They just know each other so well mm. on the court. And, and, you know, we've seen the sustained success of Golden State. And, like, we haven't seen Denver break through. And it's because they've had to deal with so many injuries the last couple of years, yeah, right? No, last couple of years, Jokic has had to roll in to these playoffs with, like, absolutely nobody around him. Again, no offense yeah. to Will Barton, but we saw Will Barton here in Toronto, right? Yeah, anyways. Like, that was uh, one of his, like, leading scores alongside of him. Yeah, so, you know, I I think I would have to say if we're doing this whole exercise, like, to, to me, Denver is the is favorite, favorite right now. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I still expect the series, I still expect Phoenix to take at least two games, if not even take it to game seven. No, I think this is over in five. Really? I think okay. this is over in five. I just, I mean, I don't know, man. I think Devin Booker, they're, they're, he's... His scoring, I mean, he, it's always been the attribute that has really stood out in his game. Mm-hmm. But he's taken that to another level. I, I love his competitiveness, too. He's been scrapping on defense. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a bit of playmaking for him as well. So, and, of course, KD can just be KD. I, I think, yeah, they, they just need to shoot more often. Like, <laughs> but, like, that's not – if you're if that is your only not, adjustment – That is the only adjustment. Being down 2-0. And I know Denver wasn't a great road team during the regular season. Yeah. So, sure, maybe they come back to 2 But, like, mm-hmm. tell me the other players on the team, man. Like, the ball well, is still going to swing to Josh Okogi when they, you know, double and collapse – on Devin Booker. Like, it's still going to go to Torrey Craig. You still yeah. got campaign coming off the bench. Bismack Biombo is your first big. People yeah. crying for TJ Warren and Terrence Ross as, like, solutions. Like, no, Terrence Ross is not a solution to anything. There's sorry. nothing there. Uh, this is not a team. No, I mean, I, I just, it, it's interesting because yeah. I think Monty Williams has done a good job over the years, especially when the Raptors have gone sure. to play Phoenix, which is only twice a year. But, you know, you get to see them with or without Chris Paul, with or without Devin Booker, they're still able to so operate and play as a team and as a mm-hmm. group because they had a, a couple of those connecting pieces. And I feel like now when you watch the Suns, it feels so weird to me because those guys, those supporting players, I mean, you were asking me this the other day too. You were like, didn't these guys play well in the finals run before? Like, didn't we see campaign have good so moments? I was so impressed with DeAndre Ayton when they yep. made the finals. Yep. And I, I feel like he's regressed as a player. Sure, sure. So, I, and I do think that like for, for, for that, that's a coaching Sure. Um, struggle for, mm-hmm. for Monty Williams. I don't think he's going to get let go or anything, but I do think that next season yeah. he's going to have to figure out how a lot of these pieces work together. Right now, you can't, he can't even decide who his fifth man is. 
But right? that's what I'm saying. And if, then if how Chris you Paul's si- also injured, then how are you sitting here and tell me they're going to take it to seven? Because they have Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. I know, and like, they've had them so far. They're down 2-0. That's different, man. The thing, that's the most different. impressive thing for me with Denver yeah. was like... You can't beat Denver in Denver, man. It's just, it's, it's like well, so it. hard to do. But game two was like, you know, they had a terrible game from Jamal Murray. You know, the offense couldn't get humming the whole time. Mm. For them to win that kind of game too was like really impressive to me. Because sure. when you think of like teams going into Denver, it's just like, oh, they got run out of the gym, right? Yeah. And I thought Devin Booker and, K, uh, and KD both played really well. They put up their numbers. But they got to... But take, you're like, you're I'm, like they I'm, need to I'm play. I'm not kidding. Are they but, playing? They're playing. They're playing tomorrow night. Yeah, I, I need them to combine for sixty shot attempts. They need to combine for I think ninety points for them to have a chance. It's, do, it's doable for them. It, it is doable, but like, okay, they're gonna have to do that four times. I know they're not. They're not going to do it four times, but <laughs> they're gonna at least do it once or twice. I'm telling you. But this, I think, this is a lesson we gotta learn because, like, I think when they traded for KD too, I was right away being like, "Yo, we gotta have them as the favorite because just because of the talent." Right? Yeah, for sure. And we haven't even talked about Chris Paul's out for the next two games. I know this is not yeah. prime Chris Paul anymore, but you're still missing no, but a, you point need a point guard. Yeah, you, you need s- a guy who can run pick and yeah. roll at, at Jokic. Yeah. I feel like that's the only way that you can really expose him. Yeah, is if you consistently put him in pick. Like even when Toronto played them, mm-hmm. it was like. Fred and Jakob played pick and roll against them nonstop, right. and they actually both had great games. Yeah. Just like how last year when when the Jokic went to the, uh, the the playoffs, it was Steph running pick and roll at him nonstop, mm-hmm. and that actually allowed the the, the yeah. Warriors to really get by the Nuggets fairly easily. No, that's fair. I think the that's lesson, the only way you need a point guard to beat them. Yeah, and Chris Paul being injured really really hurts in that sense. Yeah, I think the lesson is just like we just have to give more credit and more value to like continuity. And like team building and stuff. No, because this team really came into the playoffs and right away had to just like find themselves, right? Yeah. Like like without having just a runway to like figure out roles. Like I don't know what these sure. guys' roles are. Like they're just being thrown out there to like you know stand in the corner. You know, go like there's just not there's no connectivity there. Yeah, and that's the thing too because I think you know even in the playoffs for for teams that have continuity and stuff they mm-hmm. still have to re- redefine themselves. They still have to like reinvent what they're doing. Like, even yeah. think about when the Raptors won the title, right? Like, in the Sixers series, they had to figure out, okay, for this matchup, we need to play Serge and Mark together. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we need to never play any other guards other than Kyle Lowry, right? And that's mm-hmm. what they figured it out, right? And then yeah. they figured it out. In the Bucks series, you know, they had to figure out, okay, look, we're going to have to, Kawhi's going to have to volunteer to cover Giannis, mm. really cut that off. And we're going to, you know, make some other adjustments as well, be able to win that one. And, you know, like, I, I think you, you're going to have to consistently reinvent that's what the playoffs are. There's going to be different matchups, but you also need a base thing to fall back on. And yes. I still don't feel like Phoenix has that base even set. They remotely. need more players. They just need more players. I mean, they just need players to figure out the roles. It's they need not, more coaching too. And they need more time, but they don't have it. But like, listen, speaking of no more time, we don't have any more oh, time. Oh man, I love that's talking right. hoops today. So that does it for us today. I've been your host, Willow, and you've been listening to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. And please rate and review the show. Reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet's YouTube channel and airing live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. Thanks once again to producer and co-host Alex Wong, our board producer, Derek Brentale, and Jennifer Rowland for helping on the YouTube stream. Are the Leafs winning tonight? Yeah, Leafs uh, 7 nothing. Okay, let's do it. Leafs 7 nothing.